Motown Rundown, welcome back. It is July 8th. We don't give out vacation days here uh, in the Motown Rundown Corporation, but if we did, boy, did we use all of them. It's good to be back after it feels like a couple weeks. I think the last time we talked, as we said, was the night before the NBA draft lottery. So that will be the main point of our show today. But before we jump into all things Detroit sports, fellas, it's good to see you guys. Rab's rocking the mustache for all the people who are listening. Yep. It's you look like I would say you don't look like a relief pitcher. You look like the fifth D on like the seventh seed team. Like you <laughs> you're the fifth D for like the Carolina Hurricanes. I Collins, you missed yeah. it. In, in our in our pre-show interview. I asked Rabs. I said, Hey Rabs, why do you what made you go with the mustache? And he goes, I wanted to bring the energy for the fourth which I did, he said. So, well, I mean, that was kind of the inspiration. I don't, I, I don't mean to sit here and degrade myself, but I mean, you guys, Collins especially knows what I mean when I say like, I got like, I got the body for the mustache, you know, like I got the look. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Collins knows. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying that you're going to understand where I'm coming from. No, you got to back up your. That's that's usually a fat guy. He's just not fat like at all. (laughs) (laughs) thanks thank you well if there was one guy to do the mustache it was going to be me and i did it i was just kind of on a whim to be honest with you but i just figured someone's gonna have to set the tone for fourth of july weekend and i mean you set the tone oh i set the tone i mean it's it's the only thing that people were talking about all weekend long was the mustache i did get some some mixed reactions i played around the golf friday morning before me and my buddies headed um up to the to the lake, the lake house that we were staying at. And I had an absolute banana slice into the other fairway. And I was in the other fairway looking for my ball. And I drive past these guys after I watched this guy pick up my pro V one with an American flag stamped on it. So I watched the guy pick my ball up and I'm like, I really don't want to do this right now. So I go, Hey guys, did you happen to see a ball come over here? And the guy goes, uh, no. And I'm like, Oh damn. He goes, nice duster though. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. So that was nice. Another one of my friends told me that I looked like the guy from Wolf of Wall Street at the remember the guy from the Investor Center. Yeah, the guy from uh do you guys know the show My Name is Earl? Yeah. I know the show, but I don't it's the you know fat what I'm talking guy, about. He's not fat. Okay. Wolf of Wall Street. He's not fat in Wolf of Wall Street. He's jacked in Wolf of Wall Street. That's I don't know about jacked, but yeah, you know, like that's so my one buddy's like, that's who you look like. I got another comparison bit. too that wasn't favorable, but I it is what it is, guys. I mean, I, have a mustache. I like it. I like Thanks. it. I think it fits Thank you. What you see is what you get. If you don't They're like kinda it, they're kind of in. The mustaches are kind of in. I do love that Rav says, I set the tone. I don't even know what setting the tone is on <laughs> 4th of July. Well, I mean, if you're getting up at 7.30 in the morning, you're like, okay, guys, everyone get your American flag bathing suits on, American <laughs> flag tank, and let's get it going. Well, I'm just saying, imagine imagine what the weekend would have been like if I didn't have the muscle. You know what I mean? Like if I show up with just a beer. It turned like, it up a little bit. Yeah. Instead, yeah exactly. instead of everyone having casual blue lights, everyone's like, let's set the fireball out at 7 a.m. Let's get dicey. <laughs> yeah. But let's hey, on, on the topic of, of the 4th of July, I hope everyone had a great and safe 4th of July weekend. Um, what did you guys do? What, were, what took place? I was in Mexico for a little bit. but So I came oh, back and oh, had the yeah, war. Dude, what, what was that all about? I was there like for a family. It was hype. Oh, 
Yeah. So we're probably no, no, peeled. I absolutely, I'm not a peeler. I, I, as I like to say, I no, got peeled two- like drunk to the point of no return. What? I like sunburn peeled. Like uh, my peeling is just short. I would take my shirt off like on the podcast, but I, I can't describe how bad I'm peeling on my shoulders right now. But yeah, it was a good time. Enjoyed it. I had to work on the fourth. Dude, I drove back from Toledo to like my, uh, to my parents' house in Auburn Hills. And I thought I was like under attack from all the fireworks that were just on the highway. Like I, they're just like setting them off right by my car. I'm like, what is going on? I'm literally, I was terrified driving home. I like turned off the music. (laughs) You're fighting for your life. What what were you listening to? That's the real question. What was I listening to? I don't know. I was probably listening. I like, I'm in a weird phase of music where I just like listen to Machine Gun Kelly and then oh my I listen. god, dude, really? Dude, I tried to go to his I tried to go to the 27 Club, his uh coffee place, but there was a line out the door of TikTok girls, so we couldn't get in. You were, dude, Cle- you were in Cleveland, right? Yes, dude. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wait, I, dude, what is Cleveland on Fourth of July? Well, so here's the deal. I was actually there on the third. Um, we went downtown, we went to the Indians game. Uh they lost the cheaters, the Astros, four to three. Good I game. Altuve didn't play, which kind of bummed me out because I really wanted to just give him the works from a. Uh, oh come on, man! Fuck Altuve! What are you talking about? You pay that. You pay that money to go buy a ticket, and you're gonna be one of those guys that's just gonna be screaming about something that happened two years ago. Still, you yes, definitely over. Rabs, Rabs, you're, Rabs, you're the one that hated <laughs> when we. You hated when we hired Hitch, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but they're it. almost at five hundred now, so I'm I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later, but yeah. I had fun in Cleveland. We went to a couple bars. We went to the casino, uh, nice. the Indians game. And then the next day I woke on the fourth and then I drove all the way back up to Ludington, Michigan, seven hours in the car, baby. It was there fun. You go. Uh, lots of music though. Lots of music. Lots of fun. Did you drive by yourself? I had George with me till Lansing and then George. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had George halfway. Shout out George. It, TB. They always say like, Oh, Cleveland's underrated. Is Cleveland actually underrated? Yeah, I'd say so. It's, I not, a, it was, it's not a shithole. Like, people make it I've never been like there. I, people, there's some nice spots. I had a lot I of feel fun. Like the consensus for any Midwest to, like, Rust Belt City that's not, like, a major market, it's just, like, it's a shithole. Like, from ever, it's like, oh, he really wants to yeah. play in Detroit? Oh. Right. What's a play in Pittsburgh? And, and, and generally, those places are pretty nice. So, yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. It's 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 definitely that's the perception. But I will tell you, it was a little underrated. It's not quite Detroit for me. It's not quite Chicago for me. But it's it's like, it's there. It's fun. The flats in Cleveland. That's what I would recommend to people. They got these bars over by the water. That's a really fun time. So there you How's, go. What's it called? How's progressive? That place looks sick. It was awesome. We spent most of our time out on the home run porch, which was a lot of fun. Nobody hit a home run in the game, so that kind of stunk. But it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, like, it was just the, – the only thing that absolutely fucking blows about – and I forgot about this. I forgot about this until <laughs> now because I haven't been to a Tigers game in years because of COVID. But, dude, just such expensive concessions. Because, like, okay, this well, is – that's everywhere, dude. Oh, I know. I But I'm, what I'm saying is I completely forgot about that. Plus, I haven't been 21 at a sporting event until now. So, I mean, yeah, it was- it's a different animal. I went to the Tigers game. Oh, man. I think they played that double header against the Astros like two Saturdays ago. I went to the second one 
and I had like a daiquiri and a frozen lemonade there. And I was like, oh, I'm pushing 25 bills here. Trying to, <laughs> trying to keep it light. And yeah. then you're like, you can't even get a, you get like a, a 16 ounce beer at like Comerica. It's like 12 bucks. Yep. That's so the thing. They like, only sell that size. So I'm walking away from the bar with a, with a captain and Coke and a Miller Lite. Cause I think I'm funny <laughs> and I'm, I'm double fisting it. And then I look at my bank statement and it's like, Oh, that costs $32 for those two. Yeah. <laughs> Great. A captain and Coke at a sporting event is a guy who's like, okay, let, let's, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I you're I not you messing around. I knew you'd appreciate like you that. Don't, I, I, I definitely believe that you were like in Carrera's, like you're in Uriel's ear. You're in like, you're just Jordan in the Houston Astros' yeah. like teeth. I'm, like, I'm, I'm holding both of my drinks here and I got some peanuts too. You guys would have loved it. It was fun. But Rabs, what did you do on the fourth? I'm glad you asked. I uh, so my my buddy's grandparents have a lake house um, in like Fort Gratiot, so it's right on Lake Huron. We've been going there for years, man. Like back into high school, so kind of a tradition to go up there. We did. We got to go up last year. Like it was a very small group because of COVID, and we were um, we didn't go inside the house at all. So we had like a little day trip. But it was nice to be back. I'll tell you, this is like this is probably the biggest group that we've had up there since we all turned 21. And the dynamic has completely changed of the activities that go on up there. Like I'm talking like we usually would like tube for hours. We're up at like 6 a.m. water skiing because the water's flat. We're playing spike ball, can jam, complete 180 on this trip. I didn't I, I probably threw the football around for 10 minutes, blew my arm out. I haven't thrown like an object in two years shoulder was shot. So I stopped that real quick. Didn't touch the spike ball. Didn't touch the can jam. I, I went tubing for 10 minutes, got flipped off, flipped off twice. My body skid across the water, like a skipping stone. And I was immediately done. I ripped the jet ski like once each day, just for like a little 10 minute joy ride, just to feel something came back and you just stand on the sandbar and you drink all day long. And then you eat and we did it. We did a hot dog eating contest. Why? Um, just one dog one dog speed race i came in second place 15 seconds oh okay. dominated my buddy came in just before it was brutal but i'll tell you man living living in michigan or having ties to michigan even if you don't i guess there is nothing in the world better that you can do on the fourth of july than like being up not the port hurons up north but being up north being on the lake having a little bonfire on the beach you know, you're drinking good music. You're throwing the Frisbee. I mean, it's, I'm a very simple man. That, that is like the peak of my existence. I could do that for the rest of my life. So it was an absolute blast. Great. Always a great weekend. But so that was that. And now I'm here. So back I, for a minute, Rebs. I thought you guys willingly like did a hot dogging contest. Like, yeah, I did like too. You, like, I, oh, actually, like we jumped like into one to put 10 down. That sounds awful. No, we watched, I did have the over on Joey chestnut. Thank you very much. But that, uh, no, we, we watched it. And then in the spirit of watching the hot dog eating contest, we were like, Hey, let's, uh, why don't we see how fast we can get one down? And I, I mean, dude, I mean, I, I've been watching the hot dog eating contest for years. You get the hot dog, the hot dogs, the easiest part. The hardest part is the bun. And the first move, you got to go. You got to separate the two. You throw the bun under 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 the water, and then you just throw it in. See how fast you can get it down. So, about fifteen seconds for me. I have the video, but yeah, that was that was about. I need the video. I need the video. But I'll we can talk about video. that later. I'll send you the video. Um, but yeah, that was the Fourth of July. Um, also over the Fourth of July weekend, we were. It, it was nice to have 
the NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs going on. I know you guys said you don't really care to talk about the NBA playoffs, which is totally fine. There's just there's um, just no juice really. For my me. Phoenix Suns, my Phoenix Suns are uh, have a one zero series lead. Thank you very much. There is no juice. You're right. As much as it's nice to have two teams that don't that aren't like the Warriors or the Lakers or teams that win it every year. Um, it's, it's, it's still, it's just like boring. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but Dude, I, just, I, I think it's just the time of year. Like I saw no juice in NHL either. Oh, well you're, you're baked then clearly. Well, you, you're, <laughs> I, I, I've watched basically like every, and how is there juice in the NHL compared to the NBA? Like this is because actually it's, be it's a faster, it's a NBA. faster, higher paced sport and guys are getting hit in the face with sticks. And, and we knew who was going to win going into the final. Like literally everyone with a brain was like, okay, Tampa's winning the cup. Sure. I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm we just can saying, talk about the NHL I'm just saying, playoffs. I you can I I think the argument, like they've been arguing about this for like ever with sports, is like they always usually have this gap, I think, from Memorial Day. Not even Memorial Day. I think it's like two weeks after Memorial Day to and then you get Labor Day, you get football. That's like the official like restart of sports, other than baseball. Mm-hmm. And I actually like kind of buy it now because you're like, would I rather be outside on the boat or watching like a playoff game? Rather be outside on the boat. Unless Dude, my team is point. in it, I see no reason. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm, a good point. I just like or... watching the NHL. I no, just... I do too. I like watching NBA. when I'm at work, I watch all the NBA games, but I'm just I don't know. This is the least I've cared about in NBA finals since I started really following the NBA, which is, you know, it's conveniently only the second. Well, final it, LeBron James yeah, because LeBron's on it. So, yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why. That's exactly. I will say this before we move on. Uh, shout out Devin Booker, Granville. I guess that that's the only reason that I'm still like. So Dude. Oh, he went to Granville. Yes, yeah. Sir. I just He's found out a lot of love TV. Grand yep. Rapids. No, Jamal Spencer. Shout out Jamal Spencer from GR. He's he's interviewing him after every game. He's like, hey, I want you to talk about how West Michigan helped shape you into this player you are. And then he shouts out Rip Hamilton and Drake Harris, which I didn't love that much, but whatever. Dude, and, how about that Drake Harris drop? Yeah. I don't, like, this is a very inside baseball thing, but uh, people – like, Drake Harris was like a five-star, right, TB? Yep. And he committed to state, and then he ended up going to Michigan and then never really played – but did he go to Granville too? Nah, not that I know of. Why did he shout out Drake Harris? That was the most random thing of all time. I might get canceled for saying not that I know. I really, I don't think he did. Let me look. Get canceled for not knowing where Drake Harris went. Well, I don't even know who this he went, guy is. From Granville, he, did, from my home Rabs, he was a big time recruit. It was like a big deal when he decommitted to go to Michigan. Yeah, whatever. See ya. Don't want. I don't even. No, I don't it, was want like, it. it was like. I'm trying to think of like a name to compare about. It was like it's like you're Jabari. watching a Tigers game. And they just like bring up like Cleet Thomas, like oh. Devin Booker, just saying this random name out of the blast was yeah. bizarre. It was or whatever. Uh, anyways, whatever. Rap, you can go for it. Well, the NHL playoffs are over. The Tampa Bay Lightning are your Stanley Cup champions. And Collins, as you said, correct. Going into the series, I think everyone and their brother was like, okay. Tampa's got it locked up. I I actually thought that Montreal would put up a bit more of a fight just because you saw how they were able to neutralize a lot of these like high octane offense. I mean, I shouldn't say high octane, but they they were able to neutralize some of the offensive uh, weapons that many of these teams had that they faced. So you kind of thought there for a second, like okay, maybe Montreal puts up a fight. And the only time they really looked like they were even in the series was when they won in overtime. Um, and this whole notion of like. 
oh, Tampa threw the game, they could take it back home. That's just that's stupid, but it's funny to think about. Um, either way, good for Tampa. I mean, coming into the series, I was talking to one of my buddies about this of like, okay, like who like what bandwagon are we jumping on? Like, who are we rooting for? I honestly didn't care if either team won. Like Tampa to me. I just have those flashbacks of when Tampa used to dominate the wings in the playoffs, like towards the end of the wings, um, like historical run of just being an unbelievable team and unbelievable franchise. And obviously now the tide has turned, but so on that front, I didn't care. And they already won it last year. And they were like, that's the, that's the thing about the, the lightning is they pretty much brought like every single guy back. So every guy on that team besides Savard, who they traded for, who also was a former Red Wing at one point for like five minutes, that happened this year, but Savard gets a cup. They give him the cup third, I think, after Hedman, which was kind of cool. But other than that, it's like everyone had already won the cup. So I guess good for Steven Stamkos that he actually got to play in this Stanley Cup final um, and contribute. And so so he gets his cup. But on the flip side, it was like you look at Montreal and they got guys like Shea Weber, who's been in the league for years, stand-up guy, one of the classiest guys in the league, Carey Price, who – I would say when he retires is going to go down as one of the best goaltenders of all time. Um, then you have guys like uh, Jeff Petrie, who obviously has ties to Michigan state His dad's Dan Petrie. Um, so like, those are, those are guys to me where it's like, Oh, it could be cool to see these guys win a cup, you know? So that was the only like rooting interest I had in it. But I mean, Collins, as you said, like the lightning are just such a high octane team and, there wasn't much that Montreal could do, especially given the fact that the goalies were kind of a wash because the Lightning have Andre Vasilevsky, who, I mean, I would say many people would say is probably the best goalie in the league right now. So overall, sad to see the NHL season go. I was so happy to see that fans were starting to get back in the building as the season went on. It was awesome to see like the Islanders go far and, and you have the Coliseum rocking one last time. Um, Tampa obviously was buzzing. Um, which was cool to see fans in the building for that too. So great season of great season of hockey. I'm assuming that next season we can get back to normal and I, and, you know, get the divisions back in order and people can start playing each other and we can start moving around and more than 500 people can go watch a, a game in Canada for Christ's sake. I'm sorry to use the Lord's name in vain, but I was upset. And um, so, yeah, good for Tampa NHL season over. We'll miss you. Champa Bay. Um, Champa Bay, whatever. Um, okay. Well, let's get into some stuff that's relative to us. We got some juice here over in the city of Detroit. Oh, boy, we do. We have a juice Detroit, factory in the Motor in City. Detroit a juice factory. A juice factory. A, juice factory. <laughs> a pool of juice. Everyone's juices are flowing in the pool. The Detroit Pistons will select first overall in the 2021 NBA draft. I did not get a chance to watch the draft lottery. I don't remember what I was doing, but I just remember seeing it on my phone of like, hey, they got the first overall pick. Um, what were what were the emotions? Did you guys cry? Did anyone cry? It was, the sweetest, it was the sweetest night of my sports fan life since MSU beat Duke. I, you're not wrong, TB. I was talking about this with my friends. It's legit, like – for my like sake of like being fully committed, like like locked into sports, it's an arguably a top like five moment, excluding Michigan State sports, like in my sports like life. Dude, when you it is called and it, it winning might sound the stupid, lottery. But, like the like I don't really remember the O four team winning. I like really don't. I was right. too young for that. No, I me too. I remember the, the Boston. Players, but... I remember 
I actually remember them losing to San Antonio and I remember them losing to Miami, but I like never really remember that. So like as a Pistons fan for something like this to happen in a pretty fertile draft list. Yeah. I was pumped. So yeah, I was like jumping up and down. I was like, it, it was, I, I hate to sell it a loser, but I did cry. I cried a little bit. I yeah, needed this. God, dude. You... I, dude, it's one of those things. I, I didn't cry, but like my, my face. It blew was like up tears of joy. I was so yeah, happy. Yeah. Like, my, my my face blew up with emotion, and I didn't know whether to cry or laugh or hug my brother, which I did. Um, well, let me let me just walk you through the emotions because I think everyone yeah, pretty much knows it. that you know this is old news at this point. We haven't had a podcast in two weeks, so but yeah, sorry. When the, let me first of all say, when the Cleveland Cavaliers jumped into the top four, I had it all planned out which cliff I was jumping off. If they, if they jumped the Detroit Pistons because the Cleveland fucking Cavaliers have won the lottery. I don't know how many times, not to mention they have, they I don't know. Suck, though. The, like th- that's what I'm saying. Rabs. They don't deserve to <laughs> win it again. They won it with LeBron. They won it with Kyrie. They won it with Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins. That's four off the top of my head. Maybe they've won it more than that. I don't know. I don't really give a shit. When I saw the Cleveland Cavaliers jump into the top four, I was pissed. Then Let me tell you what, when we look at the rest of the top four, I see the Toronto Raptors who wanted the title two years ago. They don't deserve it. I see the Houston Rockets who just squandered their whole situation with James Harden and Chris Paul. They didn't squander it. Yes, they did. He he didn't want to be there. It wasn't his fault. I know, but they they still squandered. They missed, what, 19 threes in a row in game seven against Golden State? Fuck my shorts. They, bottom line, they, they didn't deserve they didn't deserve it either. So finally, the Pistons got lucky. They still didn't technically move up in this draft lottery since they did have top three odds, but they sure as hell didn't move down, and that's all that we asked. And I will say this about the lottery, and then these are really all my thoughts. You just witnessed one of the greatest, if not the greatest, tank job in professional sports, as it is now – it's a relatively new art form here in sports is, is the art of tanking. The Pistons beat good teams – they have a coach who's bought in, and he's now locked up for the future. They had surprisingly good free agent signings, you know, Josh Jackson. They had two all-rookie guys, and Jeremy Grant, who is now going to be representing Team USA in the Olympics. So you now get to add Cade Cunningham to that team, and your starting five, at least in my perfect world, would be Hayes, Cunningham, Grant, Bay, and Stewart. Fuck me up. That's a seven seed. I don't ah. – it, it is. It is. Collins, I want your thoughts. So, what's it called? Before we even go to the Cade thing, I like – it was just – not it, like, talking about the teams that if they won the lottery, I know it's it's been like a week and a half, but we haven't gotten the chance to talk about this. Um, I would have actually – like, if the Houston won the lottery, I would have, like, actually, like, punched a TV. Right, like, after they've been good for the last decade, made yes. a conference finals in 2018, and then they just get to win the lottery. Like – well, I yeah, it would suck. I would hate that. I would like somehow New Orleans wins it again. I would like eject myself off uh like roof building. Um, I just it was nice, but when you talk about like Cade the ceiling, I, are you like? It seems like there's so like weird doubt in NBA media right now with Cade that like, I haven't wavered, about. Trent. I haven't wavered, but what's it called? There is like a Jalen Green hive. Right now, yeah, and no, there's I, like I, 
I think it's all smoke to be completely honest with you. Like it, anytime the first pick is, is, you know, available, people are going to be on the phone or whatever. I will also say this. It, it's such a surefire thing that he's going one. It, it, people did the same thing with Zion. Like the media just needs something to talk about. They're not, I don't, I don't think they did the, like, I don't know. Like, no, they, you, they, they, some did. I mean, they were like, what if the Pelicans pick John Morant and all this other shit? Yeah. I mean, Looking at it though, like you saw that report today from Cleveland, and I was talking about this with my cousin and my buddies earlier. Like that, did you see what? Because if you really believe Jalen Green's better than Kate Cunningham, which I don't, I, I, I think the smart move of the Pistons is just to take Kate Cunningham, and because I, I, I think he fits with your roster, and I also think like him and Jalen Green are even prospects, and I believe in Kate Cunningham is going to be a successful player more than Jalen Green. Like, guess what? I haven't seen that much Jalen Green. I wasn't watching the Ed Knight in the G League. Like, I wasn't watching yeah. a ton of games yep. with Jared Jack, who was running the point guard for that team, which was shocking to hear. Jared Jack was playing in the G League this year. Did you know that, Trent? I had no idea. I thought that he guy was like 45 years old. I know. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? I was like, he, he I was like, didn't he have like, do the final four with Georgia Tech in like 02? I was like, I, I, I don't know. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. But, um, I just think you take Cade, you, and, and are you in the fact who believes that like Killian and Cade can play together? I think they can. I I can see why there's a little you know there's an apprehensive attitude towards that, but I think they can definitely play together. I it's not that I don't think they can play together. I think they can, and and Killian's like best like case of who he becomes. I really think they can play together, but like. I think people are acting like Killian Hayes is a decent shooter, and he did not show that at all last year. He's willing to shoot. It's not like a Ben Simmons situation where it's like he's just not going to shoot. But he was like legit broke. Well, that's last why. Year's. That's why I think he'll be fine though. Like he shoots, you know, and like he he really didn't have a chance to get. He, it's not like his form's terrible either. I'm just saying. I I, yeah, I think there's right. been like some weird revisionist history of what Killian Hayes was this year, which is. Yeah, I think he proved he's a really good defender. He gives a shit. Great passer. Great passer. Yes, and he can push the ball. And I think it, 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 that that works in the NBA, whoever you're playing with. So it, it, if you're going to sell yourself on the Cade Cunningham thing, like I, I, I'm not of the belief that it doesn't – I'm not like – Let's just throw Killian Hayes out, like whatever. Let's make him a trade piece immediately. Like, let's see if they, they can play together. Like, you just drafted this guy seven. You took him over Tyrese Halliburton. You obviously thought he was like this some high talent like prospect. You might as well play them together and see like what happens. And, and I just like generally, I just it's just been weird, like Trent, because like during the season you. People were talking like Killian Hayes is the Pistons' best prospect. They are now talking about it like he was, which is really weird. Well, like there's I, been this re- really weird, like Sadiq Bay is like taking a bat seat from being the bat the Pistons' like best rookie this year. Like I don't understand what like happened there, and I get that Killian went seven and stuff like that, and he's really young. But like when I'm talking about this roster, I'm worried more about like, okay, Stewart is going to be one of your, your rim runner for the next four to five years. Sadiq is going to be your guy on the wing. And if Killian can figure it out on the perimeter. Yeah. That's a nice, like extra bonus, especially if you're going to get Kate Cunningham. I don't know. It's just been weird yeah. the way people have been talking about Killian Hayes. So the, two things, I think Cade Cunningham can play with anybody. So that kind of plays into my whole mental, you know, where I'm at with like, I think those two can definitely play together. And second, 
I think, you know, the, the hype around Killian at this point, for me at least, is just that he didn't really have a chance to put a rhythm together last season because he only played, what was it, 15 games, then got hurt, then played like the last 30 on yeah. off. So it, Something it's like not that. like – it's not like he had a chance to really showcase all he had. And then when he did play, he was great, except for his shot, as you mentioned. But unlike Ben Simmons, and this is worth mentioning again, he, he's willing to shoot, and those guys always just somewhat figure it out. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I still love Killian. I'm still in on him. Um, and, I yeah, I'm with the Collins. I think they got to at least give, the, give those two guys a chance to play together and make it work because who knows? It might be, it might be a great backcourt. If you could get a trade package – like, do you have any price for the first pick in the draft, either of you? Nope. Not even LeBron. Okay, I would take LeBron, but. Well, I don't I don't know if I would. Actually, I don't even LeBron know. Is Piston, Seriously, yeah. what, is there any package you would take, either of you? Well, okay, so. so Realistically, no. This is, this is this conversation, and this is the topic that I think I wanted to get to most i would say i just actually looked up the 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 gif of kevin malone when he goes it's just nice to win one like that's how i felt when when they got the first pick it's like it's just nice to win one you know and i guess i guess if you want to look at this from a holistic point of view yes having the number one pick now allows you to field offers for that pick and i'm sure with any with any sport in any draft teams always call and you have to pick up the phone, right? You, you absolutely have to pick up the phone for me. I'm not, I don't have as, as great of a, of a read on the NBA as far as like who's offering what and who's capable of offering what and whatnot. I just think that for the, for the Pistons, for the Pistons to get the number one overall pick and then to trade it would probably be one of the most demoralizing things like, to happen. And I, and I get it. If you want to look at it from a business standpoint, if you can acquire, like, let's say, let's say somehow, you know, you get a top five pick. If someone wants to move up to one, you get their pick within the top five, maybe you get a first round pick next year. And like the year after, and you would, you would need to get a player. If that's the case, you would need to get a young player not not like a project, but a young Shea player. Shea Alexander. That's like a name that's been floated out. Sure, I suppose. Like that's that's fair enough. But you you need to. This is a king's ransom that you hold for number one overall picks. And if some team wants to call you and go, we're gonna give you our pick this year. We'll give you a second this year. We'll give you two or three first round picks for the next X amount of years, and you're getting a player. Then it's like okay, as long as you like a guy equal to Cade if you're like okay this is a guy that we could potentially take too then I guess like to set your to set your franchise up because does Cade Cunningham make you like a, an eight or a seven seed sure I would say that if you get Cade and you give this this team another year to work together sure I would 100% see the Pistons making the playoffs but with that being said you're not playing to win the to, to, to be the eighth or the seventh seed. And not to say that that group with Cade plus whatever moves you make in the future can't get you to championship contender. But if you feel that your chances with acquiring all these picks are, are going to set you up better for the future, then, then do it because you're not playing to be relevant for the next two to three years. You're, you're playing to compete for the next decade and in towards the middle to end of that decade, you're going to win the championship. That's the plan. So I just think from, from the standpoint of the emotion of the fan base to, to get a number one overall pick, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time 
I mean, I guess what the Lions with Stafford was that the last first overall pick the city's had? Casey Mize. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, I guess. Portal I guess son. so. That's a, yeah, fucking really <laughs> stupid comment. Really stupid. <laughs> really stupid comment. Might have to edit that out. But I guess the NBA is like different to me. You know, no, like, it is because like, it's, it's a lottery. Different. It's a lottery. That's the reason. It's not just like yeah, the Jacksonville sure. Jaguars went one in fifteen, so they get yes. forever. Thank you, thank you for saving me, Trent. So if they if they were to trade this pick, it, I would just, never it, had the first pick in the draft since Bob Lanier. What yeah, it that? would be right. It would be laugh like, out loud funny. It would be laugh out loud funny, and, and I would was be like, "Sixty-seven wow, really? when they had it last." Yeah, Bob Lanier. I think that yeah, like late sixties, maybe like early seventies, seventy. Whatever. So, so as as far as as far as the package goes for me, Collins, I would. I'm in the camp of like, look, it, it sounds like Kate. I'm not gonna say that Kate is a no brainer, but if the if the Pistons take Kate Cunningham at one, and it doesn't pan out, I'm not looking at this pick of like. Exactly. Oh my God, I can't believe you. Like, like it, at the time, it felt like it, like the Darko thing. Like, that's like a pick that I think in the moment you kind of scratch your head. Like, really? Like, this is so unnecessarily out of the box. And you could have had You're other guys thinking it, it's like when you outthink yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, like the Cade thing to me, if they don't take Cade Cunningham number one, if they take someone else at one, I'll be sick because because people are knocking on your door for one to pick Cade Cunningham. That's why they're there. I don't think that they would make that big of a mistake and be like, okay, yeah, we'll take Jalen Green at one and Cade Cunningham's going to slip to two when we don't get anything out of it. I don't I don't think that they're stupid enough to, to have that happen. But as far as a package goes, it better be a team in the top five that you're trading down for. I think that's a given. You get their pick. Yeah. I would say to even get like their second round pick this year too. And I would say you're going to need two to three more first round picks and the player and a player that's going to get in, it's going to be in your starting lineup right away. Who's still young and can, and can carry the load it, it, from that circumstance. I think, I think three first round picks and a player that has that like high upside of being a young stud that can like carry the load and, and be a player for this team. I think that's worth more than Cade Cunningham. I mean, it just is like Cade Cunningham's one player versus getting, you know, multiple guys that can, that can play. So so but, oh, what's it called? The whatever. one I was in a proposition, you know, I think my cousin keeps floating this around to me. Um, it's like Shea Gilgis. I believe OKC has five and eight. Trent, yeah. is that correct? And they have a bunch of firsts too because of Paul George, that deal. Yeah, but I think it would be you get Shea, you get five and eight, and then uh they move up. Would you do that? I would give you another, just, give me another first, it. another first, and yes, Dude, another first, thing. and yes. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I wouldn't do that because the Ooh. Pistons already. I, I, okay, go ahead. I, I, it, I'm not saying it's like a bad deal, but me personally, I would not do that because the Pistons already Troy Weaver last last draft in November, October, whatever asinine time of the year it was. That like he made moves to get guys like Stewart and bay and those guys panned out so it's like to me your young core is set you maybe might need one more player but then it comes down to just developing it comes down to developing guys i don't want to find us in a situation like the boston celtics where you just stockpile a bunch of young guys and then you log jam the minutes and you don't know who the fuck to play like that that's just kind of the situation that i find myself in because what if we do get like two we get five and eight pick two young guys but then all of a sudden they're sitting on the bench all fucking year behind Sadiq Bay and Frank Jackson and Josh Jackson. And, and they're the fifth overall pick like that to me is just kind of like weird. 
I, I think the Pistons are in a unique situation in that they have a young established core and they happen to win the lottery, you know? So I, I just think this is kind of a once in a lifetime chance here. And I'm not saying Cade is a once in a lifetime player. I'm just saying the situation the Pistons are in is so unique. Okay. How would I throw another trick? Just, we kind of already talked about this. Did you see that report today that Cleveland's willing to do basically like the Markel Fultz, Jason Tatum deal, which I believe was Celtics get the Sixers first round pick the next year. Something sort of that sense. And I think something else. I mean, they obviously flip pits. It was something else they got you out of that. Flip pits for a... one year, and then you give them your first for the next year or something like that. Yeah, I think they got the Sacramento pick, too, or something. That yeah. panned out not being as good as it was supposed to be, but at the time it was a highly – it was a good asset. But uh, it, Cleveland, I think it would be – the package would probably be Garland, um, the third pick, obviously, and um, who would you – Jared Allen – yeah, see, he's someone. Like, I, I, no. I, 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 Darius Garland is just too. I, he's too small. For, like I don't know. I just don't. I no no package really overwhelms me. So I would rather just pick Cade Cunningham. You've got a coach here who's brilliant, who won Coach of the Year two years ago. You've got a young core. You got two all rookie guys. You got Grant, who's a twenty points per game fringe All Star guy. Like I just I like the team. I like the team right now. I don't think there's any reason to like r- complicate things. So what's it called? My thought though is say like they fall in love with Mobley. And I and, and there was a world where I kind of fell in love with Mobley. Well, me like, too. But like, yeah, yeah. Me too. That's when you're picking at like two or three. Like you and I were talking. That, that's about. what I'm saying though, T yeah. Say they're like, no what? We'd rather have Mobley than Cunningham. Like we're gonna rock with Killian. We like really trust him and we're gonna be like, okay, let's be like one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Like that's like they, they just like go that let's go with Mobley. Would you like I, I I I don't like the package from Cleveland, but like if you're really like committed to taking Mobile, you might as well move back and get him something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing these yeah. scenarios well, out. Yeah, I mean we, we have to. We have to, yeah. I I, just, I, I think I, in that in that circumstance that you talk about, Collins, you, you also kind of have to think about this from like Troy Weaver's point of view. If this guy trades down to take a guy like Mobley and A, Mobley doesn't pan out, B, Cade Cunningham is an absolute stud, or a con- the worst case, a combination of A and B, it's a fireable offense. Like, he'll yeah. never he'll, – he'll always be known as the GM that passed up on Cade Cunningham to move down for a guy that isn't either – wasn't as good as Cade, and, like, it's like, what was the point of the move? Or, again, like, Mobley just stinks, and you're that's like a Darko situation. Well, yeah, I mean, when, when Stan Van Gundy lost his job, it, a lot of it had to do with the Stanley Johnson pick and the, the Henry Ellenson pick. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then guys like Joe Dumars, only reason he kept his job was because, A, he's a Pistons legend, and, B, the Pistons won the title that year. So it's not like, like you, can't, you can't just monumentally fuck up like this when you win the lottery. I guess that's just kind of where I'm coming from. Like, I, said, you said earlier Cade Cunningham isn't a no-brainer at one. I think he's like ninety five percent. Well, open. it's like it's like you again. You you pick Cade, and it's like that's that's all you have to do. It's the yeah, easiest it, it, thing in the world. Just no stay put and pick him. Yeah, Nobody exactly. will blame you to do it. No, no one like if if that ends up not panning out or he's injured. They'll run Cade Cunningham or, out of town before Weaver. Like, yeah. dude, you suck. Like, we picked you number one. And you're horrible. And he also like relatively wants to be here. 
How many, how many guys are so yeah. like jumping for drug? Oh, I get to go to Detroit. Not many. So he did say that. And he, and also, I mean, you know, you saw the, the report right after the lottery was won and said, Cade Cunningham's planning on meeting with one team before the draft and it's the Pistons and blah, blah, blah. So I, I think it's going to happen. I'm 99% confident, but Collins, you're exactly right. We got to at least entertain the idea of these packages. I, what's it called? I just said, I, the only people, like if you're going to trade out of one, I actually kind of like OKC's package. If you're going to get Shea Gilgis Alexander, because I, I think he's a bona fide, like he's a really good NBA player, like from this jump. Or if you fall in love, like with an Evan Mobley, I miss me with the Jalen Green. Like I'm fi- like Rav said, I'm fine missing out on Jalen Green. I truly am. If Cade Cunningham doesn't work, it is what it is. Or if Evan Mobley doesn't work, it is what it is. I'm not going to take a huge swing at one with Jalen Green. I just I, I'm not going to do that. And I yeah, think I'd be at, sick. It, it, I'd be sick. I think you you make That's a very a, good it's point not excusable. I think you make a very good Inex- point there, and I agree with you. Thank you. I actually I appreciate that. That was genuine. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, did we talk about Jeremy Grant being on Team USA? Yeah. Who cares? But it was well, very weird there. that he's on the team. He's gonna get a gold medal. I, I saw Isaiah Stewart. I saw Isaiah Stewart sprain his ankle. Is he also playing for Team USA or Team USA? He's select doing something, or something He's on the select team, which means he just helps scrimmage the guys and stuff. So. Whatever, great yeah. scout team sounds good. All right, well, that's our Pistons talk for the week. Obviously, you, we're hey TV. Do you like the USA jerseys? I don't Actually, like them. I haven't seen them. I'll get back I to you. I don't like them. They're stupid. You don't like them, Rabs? No, dude. I hate this. I hate like the baby blue. Like what? Like why do they try to force the royal blue? Your colors are that that beautiful navy blue, the red and the white. You can do a million different like, oh, like the yeah. team with like Kobe yeah. and LeBron like that. Those were some jerseys, man. Okay, I I just looked them up. The white ones are fine. The white ones are pretty sharp. I don't like the blue either. Right? I yeah, kind of like dude. the blue ones. I thought like, you it's guys like the same. It's the this. same shit that Nike Nike did with all the all the Olympic hockey jerseys. Dude, they they all have like hockey that. jerseys, huh? They ruined the hockey jerseys. Yeah, they have like the blue, like the bait, like the 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 royal blue, baby blue in the sleeve, and it just it just like two like my I don't know, fuck, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Um, all right, so Pistons talk again. We're a couple weeks behind, but we had to catch up on that exciting stuff. Um, another piece of exciting news that we can talk about in the city of Detroit: the Detroit Tigers are a competitive. Here comes the Tigers. Team. We need that. The Tigers are just like. In the middle of that. Hey, the Tigers are a wagon right now. They're good. They're good. They're good. I uh I know Ryan Collins has this could be could be one of the better takes on in the podcast history of saying at whatever point in the season that the Tigers were gonna go five hundred from here on out. Um they're what's the record? They're forty and let me pull us up real quick. They are forty and forty-seven. Um, they are sitting in third place in the AL Central as we speak. They're right behind the Indians. Um, it looks like, do the Indians have like way less games played than the Tigers do? It's kind of bizarre. Um, but either way, I, I think that the White Sox, and first of all, it's crazy that I'm having this conversation of like, can they catch up in the division? Because I truly didn't think that they were going to be here at this point in the season. Um, as far as the wild card goes, I mean, I don't. How many games are they out of the wild card? Does anyone know this? I will look up uh, that up right now. Good prep. I think they're prep on my part. I want to say they're nine or it's between seven or nine, but they got to jump a bunch of teams. Yeah, so that might be tough. But I, I, I think. I mean, look, the the Tigers have 
have come around to being a more complete team. I think the starting pitching has been pretty, pretty tremendous in my eyes, based on what you have, as far as the rotation goes, the bats have come around a lot. You're getting contributions from guys like Zach short, like who is a treat to watch in the I field because this team sucks defensively. He is a treat to watch it short. And the fact that he's actually shown you a little bit with his bat is, is nice. The Jake Rogers and Eric Haas tandem has been phenomenal. Grayson Griner can kiss, can eat my shorts, kiss my rear gone. John hey. Hicks blew us up for a home run too, by the way, if you remember him. Willie Castro, hey. Willie Castro at second. I love it. We can talk about that later, but yeah, I, that's, that's good fine. There. I mean, I still, Willie Castro is a guy that I still would like to see him get some time and like keep his bat in the lineup because he did show you last season that he can hit this year. Not so much, but like, scope has been great you know jamer jamer does what jamer does i think yeah miggy's miggy's even turning on a bit as you know off the heels of me saying there's no reason for him to be batting fourth but i mean it's 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 a watchable product and it's a product that you can get invested in now and that's all you really ask I, i mean you look towards the minor leagues and you see, you know, Torkelson's moving up, Green's moving up, Dingler's moving up. Everyone's starting to make some moves. I don't necessarily believe that those are guys that you're going to see in Detroit, like come September call-ups. Maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to rush those guys up here. Um, I guess it depends on where you're at in the standings come September. Um, but, but really, I mean, to be seven and three in your last 10, when the rest of your divisions, like three and seven, three and seven, the Indians are one and nine in their last 10 and the white Sox have just, you know, hit their stride. And I can't believe that they're as good as they are with their, with that manager. But I don't think the white Sox are a team that you're going to catch. Their starting pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. And they got a really young rotation too, with like Giolito and Copic and, and cease. And I don't know how old Rodon is, but their rotation has been awesome. Lance um, Lynn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their bullpen has been, has been great as well. And that lineup is so dangerous and they're not even all healthy. They're not even all healthy in their starting lineup and they're not even close to healthy. So, yeah. So their, their, their white Sox have been just a really, a really fun team to watch within the division. And I don't know if that's a team that you can even catch. And I don't, I wouldn't blame you that if, if you do, um, Akil Badu, his, his bat has come back, which is great. And he just plays the game so fast. And, you know, I would say that he's a, I don't, I don't really have his stats as far as defensively, but he's a plus defender, I would say. So, I mean, Hey, I, I think that it's, it's, it's been a lot better and, you know, I'm, I go back and forth on AJ hinge on a weekly basis and I was shredding them when I didn't understand the lineups that were going out and I didn't understand, you know, the, just so many aspects of this team. And I just thought like the roster is so bad, but these guys have, have rose to the occasion and they're performing. So, you know, for the time being, I'm content. And I guess it's a, you know, it's a, that's how sports fans are, and me especially, of what have you done for me lately. And lately, the Tigers have been awesome. Greg Soto gets named to the all-star team. Um, good for him. I was for a second there thinking it was going to be like Scope or something. Like I, I thought I mean, it was going to be Scope as well. Scope or, or Cisnero. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Cisnero, like maybe even Candy, like Sneaky. But, I mean, I, th- doesn't each team have to have representation in the all-star game? So, yes. I mean – Soto, sure. I mean, I think he deserves it. He's had a he's had a heck of a season. Um, he was awesome yesterday too against the Rangers. Yeah, yes, six was loaded, terrific. no outs. Got out of the jam. 
Terrific. And that's, that's like one of the things for me about this Tigers team, like as, as of watching them as of late is when you play teams like the Rangers who are like absolutely inferior to you, like that's a series that you have to win. You know what I mean? And even, I mean, you look back at their last handful of games, like they played terrific baseball in that Astro series, aside from, aside from their first game where they got kind of blown out. You take both games from the Cardinals, who the Cardinals are an awesome team. They have a – I mean, Arenado – They've been weirdly bad, though, this year. Yeah, they have – I mean, that division, like, the, the Cubs have kind of sucked, too, as of late. Yeah. But I, I just think they're, not, they're a no, good No, they're good. Raps, you're right. They're good. They're a solid team. Yeah, they're a good team. But you get you take the Astros series, you, you take two or three from the Indians, you take two or three from the White Sox, and you take hey, two old school. from the Rangers. <laughs> Just winning series, baby. It's old school. One series yeah, at a time. Exactly. And you're gonna as we're speaking tonight, they, they're gonna travel to Minnesota and take on the twins. Um, they got a long ass series. They got what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games it's with a, it's the a twins. Home and, it's a home and home, right? Eight something. Yeah, ridiculous series with the twins here. And then you see the Rangers again. And I gotta tell you something, guys. And I hate that I'm just rolling like this. Do you guys see the schedule that these guys have coming up? They might win every game. July's a joke. I mean, they could could easily be 10 games over 500 this month. They have a they have a very 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 favorable schedule. You're gonna see the Red Sox for for three games at some point in the middle, but like the Indians don't necessarily scare me that much any anymore. The Orioles like are a mess right now. Yeah. So I. I don't mean to jump the gun, but this is, this is like, so, so as I'm watching these games coming up, you're going to learn a lot about this Tigers team because, because you can either like saddle up here and like, let's go win baseball games and play with some confidence. And as you said, Collins, they can rip off some wins here and just go on an absolute tear throughout the rest of July and into August, or, you know, they could be mediocre and go 500. I would be so disappointed if this team came out of July with the rest of July being under 500 and, and into August. So I, the schedule is incredibly favorable and the bats have come around. The pitching has been consistently steady, which is phenomenal. I believe school bowls going go tonight, but just so, a treat to watch as of late. I, you said it, the bats came alive. Um, I, I, I had this proposition in one of my group chats. It's funny. I've like, I talked to like 35 people about Detroit sports. <laughs> like it's, it, it's actually unbelievable. And this might be like dumb. If you really think you could get someone huge in free agency at shortstop and, and that short has played nice at shortstop, but don't get me wrong. I still think this team needs to go out and sign a premier player at shortstop. And, and you looked at a guy like Trevor story for the Colorado Rockies. Who's not going to end the year on Colorado. I believe he will get moved at the deadline so Colorado can get at least some assets out of him. Would you consider jumping the gun and trying getting Trevor story in the house? Like at the end of this year, say you give away Dingler and Manning and someone else, maybe like a Willie Castro for Trevor story to get him in house. And you're like, okay, we're not signing you to a massive extension. Once you come over here to Detroit, like it's a lot, but you actually give up some assets just so you could get that guy in-house. I personally would, and I know Dingler and Manning are pretty high up like on their prospect boards, but like, I think it's an interesting thing that they could do because you already heard a hint. She's like, we're going to make you pay for our players, basically saying we're not going to give Jonathan Scope away for nothing. We're not going to give yep. Jose Cisnero for Which nothing. Which is a great – that was I was so thrilled to hear him say that, to be honest. 
I honestly, and, and I mean, I brought up that proposition about Trevor Story. You guys didn't answer that. I also don't think they should trade Jonathan Strope if they're gonna get like the market for above average hitting. It's just not been what it should be, and I just wouldn't trade Jonathan Strope. I don't, I, I don't see the value if you're gonna get another like Jose Alcantara or like you're getting like a a, a B level prospect that maybe pans out to be Nico Goodrum. Know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't understand trading Jonathan Strope. I'll let you guys have the floor, but I'm yeah. Saying, like I, I, the Tigers officially become very interesting in the fact where, like, like you said, Rabs, they have an opportunity. I think to get above 500 in the next month and a half. Like I really like if they continue to play the type of baseball they are, and they're not doing like they're doing this with Matt Boyd and Spencer Turnbull on the shelf, and, and it looks Peralta, like they're not going to get too- Willie Peralta. Yeah, yeah Willie Peralta nice is like the other day. He's been nasty, which doesn't make any sense because he sucks. He like he's not good. I don't know what's occurring. Pay Chris Fetter all the money in the world. Like, like I think Castellani's always like build a statue. You might honestly have to Willie Ca- if Willie Peralta goes out there and throws another seven and one third scoreless ball. Like you, you might actually have to build Federer a statue. But um, I just they have interesting possibilities based on the factor. I think they they have a decent. I, I I would say they have a good farm system. I think they have really good like blue chip prospects, but. After that, I, it's not like you have super great depth. It's not like the Cubs when they had Baez, Rizzo, Bryant. Like they, they had all these guys, just Almore. You know what I mean? Like they just had guys on guys on guys. Like I think there's a few guys that are going to come through, like the Trats and stuff. But like I said, they're doing this without Boyd and Turnbull and Tehran, who I think is going to get reevaluated after the All Star break as a guy that I forgot who was alive before. Like I started thinking about this since. So I, I don't know if they get above 500, I'm not saying to buy, but like, shouldn't just say turn the tires. Say, okay, we're trying to win now. Let's say, let's make winning moves. Let's make splashes and be creative. So I, I don't know. That's why I threw out that Trevor story possibility. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the number one thing too, when you mentioned Nico Goodrum, who I believe is coming off the DL or the IL and I believe he's Dez- batting number one tonight. He's is he really? That's tonight. that's yeah. awesome, dude. I, that's just seven or ten against Jay Happ. That's why he's doing that. But okay, still well that's that's fair. That's, there's your analytics. But now we're gonna have Nico Goodrum eat up innings. Who is he? What is he playing? Shortstop? No, I think uh, I think that Hinch was like we're gonna give short an ascended look. I believe outfield, right? I don't know. I, I would I would hope so. But e- either way, so so my thought process is Collins, and into your question about Trevor Story. I, I do believe that like shortstop in baseball to me it is such a pivotal position. Like you see how high, like for example, like the twins, like Andrelton Simmons has been like a piece of like the angels and like the twins. Like that's not a guy who's going to like wow you with his bat, but he's so good defensively. It just, it just one of those positions that if you can sure up, you're the middle of your infield and the shortstop supposed to be what, like, you know, you're, you're captain of the infield. It's a very important position and the Tigers do not have a guy defensively outside of Zach short that can play that position. I don't know what the ranks look like in the, in the minor leagues, but the only guy that I've seen that has a legitimate glove at shortstop is Zach short. Now, as you said, Collins, do I think this guy has the potential to be your everyday shortstop of the future batting 275 plus? No, I do not. But that's where back to your point about Trevor Story. Do I do I see, see the Tigers making a move like that? Absolutely not. Because no, I, I no, I, agree. I think that especially because of how 
loaded in theory the Tigers farm system is, I feel like the Tigers come calling and the Rockies are going to be like, we want everything. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, you but want to like, go, but what leverage do they have? I don't. I that's mean, I that's don't, my like, the, the leverage. Point. Well, the, the leverage they have is, I think, you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna move Trevor Story, the leverage they're gonna have is that okay, like an, a, another team that's actually contending, like actually going to win the World Series this year, they're gonna pay for a guy like Trevor Story, especially if they plan on re-signing him. So the Tigers, it's like okay, well, hey, this team's trying to go win. They're gonna, you know, they're they're giving us this, this, and this. You need to give us this, this, and this plus this. You know what I mean? So, but Collins, you, you're your point is not ridiculous. And I say that because I've said this for many, many months now at a certain point, the tigers are going to have to make some hard decisions with their pitching. And I say that because we, we have talked at length about all these pitching prospects. These guys have, you know, your Joey Wences and your Fiatos and your Perez and all, all these names that we mentioned, you know, at a certain point, not all of them are going to pan out a and, and B you can't have them all pitch at the same time. Like you're going to have to make some hard decisions as far as if it's Matt Manning, where you're like, you know what? And maybe it's not because I think he's been one of those guys, like more so than your Burroughs and your Funkhauser. We're like, okay, this is, this is the guy that we're expecting to pan out and that we want to see work here. So if it's not him, it's fine. But I wouldn't be surprised as a Tigers fan if you start to see some of the names that I mentioned like fly off the shelves. Like, yeah, you know what? Like, these are guys that we brought over here and we're hoping to insert in the pitching rotation or to insert in the bullpen at some point. But you got to make moves to win and sure up the other parts of your roster. So you have the luxury of having X amount of pitching prospects that, that at a certain point guys become expendable. So I don't think it's crazy that you're talking about, do I think they'll go out and make a move to go get Trevor story? No, I don't. But I do think that this is the off season, especially if they keep winning. And I believe the trade deadline is three weeks from tomorrow as we're recording this. Um, and so you, yeah, you'll, you'll see like the, these next three weeks are so important for the Tigers because if they absolutely stink it up, then I think their mindset 100% changes from where it probably is now where it's like, you know, like Hint said, there's guys available that will listen to, but it's not going to be like, oh yeah, here's, here's Jonathan scope for like Dewell Lugo's brother. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's a bad, that's like, that's like come around. And I, Collins to a certain extent, I agree of like, Jonathan scope is playing a very big role right now in keeping you competitive. Now at the beginning of the year, I wanted this guy dead, but he's come around with his bat and he's keeping you competitive to a, to a, to a point where it's like, okay, like if we just start fire sailing guys, and I'm always in the camp of like, if you know a guy's not a part of the future and you're not going to bring them back, then, you know, you, you need to get the best, the best offer available and get Robbie rid of Grossman, Robbie Grossman. Trade I mean, sure. trade Robbie Grossman. Yes. Why? We got so many guys in the outfield, dude. That's, you that's might see Ryan. Wait, are you right? Whoa, whoa, I want to hear this. Go ahead. I want to hear your points about this. Because I'm looking this at this. came out of nowhere, by the way. He's been great. Well, I, it's been fine. He's been good. He who, also, who do you want to – who's at bats do you need to see instead of Robbie Grossman? I, Victor I, Reyes. Daz Cameron. Well, okay, I'm not, I'm not necessarily – Kobe Jones. Dude, how about we talk about no more Mazzara? How about you just DFA him? So you can actually give these guys at bats. That would yeah, work he's too. Best on the list, bro. That that could work. That could work. Either one of them, though. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the future though too. Like I want Riley Green up sooner than later, but short term Grossman's fine, I guess. I don't know. 
Grossman's been good. I don't, I, I don't know. I disagree with that. Well, I, it's just a matter of like, well, you have to listen to offers for everyone. What's the market for Robbie Grossman? I have no idea. Don't think it's any, any good. The thing that sucks is like Matt, you know, Matt Boyd being hurt is, has been brutal. Cause that's a guy you could, could have potentially moved. There was this weird talk too on 97 one the other day of like, obviously Spencer Turnbull had a bit of a setback with, with whatever's going on with him. It sounds like, so he's on a 60 day IL as of now, which, which sucks because I'm not a big, like I, I, and this was a thing that I wasn't even thinking of, of like people on 97 one were like, yeah, like his trade value has gone down. And I'm like trade value. Like, are we looking at trading Spencer Turnbull? Like I kind of would like to keep him around, but Spencer Turnbull's got that like Michael Fulmer vibe to him where it's like, okay, like what's this guy's actual ceiling and is he getting close to it? Because I don't know how much like better baseball Spencer Turnbull has. I just think he's a nice, relatively consistent pitcher to where it's like, I don't think you need to hit the panic button on him and move him, but you're not going to move him now because he's on the 60 day DL. So and Boyd too, I don't know what Boyd's timetable is, but I I, anyone's knocking on your door for him. What's it called? I, I mean, Turnbull is a part of the future. I truly, I, he's not that old. I believe he's like, what, 27? Probably 26, 27. And then he's in that range. I mean, I'm fine with like Boyd, like whatever. You can do what you got to do. But they need Boyd back in the lineup because they can't keep throwing out Manning, Urania, and like Peralta back to back to back. You know what I mean? Because like, mm-hmm. say, I mean, if you believe in Matt Manning in the future, fine. But like clearly right now, he's not MLB caliber pitcher. And it's actually been pretty remarkable what A.J. Hinch has been able to do with Manning and making sure his confidence hasn't completely like cratered and how they've worked around his like deficiencies. And just like, he's just not ready. He doesn't have a third pitch right now. And he doesn't have a good breaking ball right now. He can't, he has good fastball command. I'll give him that, but it's not like he's thrown 98. You know what I mean? So like it, 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 it like what they've been able to do with the pitching staff, especially with Mize and Scooball right there who are going to get limited to 50 pitches as we keep going throughout the season. This bullpen, I don't think we've talked about enough. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, we don't see that ever, like, as Tigers fans. Like, I, like everyone keeps talking about, like, oh, my, Scooball. How about Cisnero? Cisnero hasn't left, like, allowed a run in a month. Like, I I, yeah, I know. He's probably going to give up a three-run bomb. <laughs> knowing what's not happening. But you know what I'm saying, though? Like, Tyler Andrew, Tyler Alexander has been able to come into games and, like, piece it together. Norris, every once in a while, has been fine. And they're doing this without Michael Fulmer, who is their best arm for the yep. first, like, two months of the year. So, I, it, 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 like, what they've been able to do with the pitching staff as a whole, like, I, I think – I mean, you can get – Chris Fetter has gotten his flowers, but I, I think – you have to credit AJ Hinch a lot too with that, just the way they've managed like their bullpen and their pitching staff. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I think the bullpen is at a point now where it's like anyone can come running out of there and you're confident that they can, you know, it's they weird. can hold their own. So yeah, it's well, we're not except, used to it as Tigers Garcia. fans. Except Ryan Garcia, he stinks. Well, he got to, he got brought down they brought up Ian which was, which was brutal out. because at the beginning of the year you're like this is the new closer that's what, i mean i i believe i said that was my, those are my exact yeah. words that brian garcia is going to take the closing job from greg soto now greg soto is an all-star and brian garcia is like might be looking for a job next month so that's cool on me um but yeah tigers twins tonight as we're speaking um and then they you know like i said they got like eight games in a row with the twins or something ridiculous with a home and home here so we'll see Twins don't scare me at all. I would just like to – I'd like uh, Nelson Cruz to be walked every time he comes up to bat because I can just – I can already see the update on my phone of a Nelson Cruz three-run home run 
off the bat. So um, that's all I got, I guess, for Tigers. And I think as far as the Detroit stuff goes, I think we're pretty much all wrapped up. Um, nothing really going on with the Lions as of late. Um, and the Wings we'll get to once the draft gets closer. So I guess it's time for the trifecta, Trent. All right, Trent's trifecta. Thanks for coming. I've had two weeks to think of these questions, so I yeah. hope that they're up to par. Question number one. Do you like Eddie Money? Love Eddie Money. Dude, you've definitely asked this question before. Yeah, well, I it's, I brought it up, but we haven't had a good conversation. Well, we used to – I think we br- talked about doing an Eddie Money concert at DC. Yes. We talked DC, about that. Yeah, so, so let's talk more about it. Do you like Eddie Money or not? I do like Eddie Money. I, don't like you don't, I, I do like Eddie Money, but at the same time, Trent, I know one song that Eddie Money sang. Which is what? Take Me Home Tonight. Oh, banger. I listened to that on my way on my drive today. But Wait, Two Tickets to Paradise is by Eddie Money? Yep. Yes. You know what? Two, I know two Eddie Money songs. Love them, though. All right. Rabs, do you like Eddie Money? I I I like don't have an opinion on Eddie Money at all. Eddie Money, like, <laughs> Eddie fine. Money has a handful of songs where it's like, you have an oldies playlist, and I say oldies as someone who's 23, so oldies to me is like Eddie Money and not like Louis Armstrong. But Eddie Money to me is the guy that you have about a handful of his songs in your oldies playlist, and you you pit shuffle like when you're hanging out with your friends at, at your house and then like, oh, like an Eddie Money song comes on and you like kind of hum a couple lines of it and it just plays in the background. You're like, oh, so it's like, I haven't heard this song in a while. This was nice. That's like what Eddie Money is to me. I have no opinion on him either way. I don't dislike him because he has a couple songs that I like enjoy listening to. There are there have been zero times in my life where I have like searched for an Eddie Money song to play it specifically. Rest in peace too. He's dead. Daddy died. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna have to send you guys a couple suggestions, and we'll 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 reconvene next week. I will. Yeah. Well, how did this come up? You're just like Eddie Money is just on the brain. Because because I I shuffled my '80s playlist, and I have two Eddie Money songs on there. That's what I mean. You just you completely just summed up what exactly what I said. You just shuffle your '80s playlist, and he's on there. And it's like, oh yeah, Eddie Money. These songs, like I can bob my head to these songs. Yeah, That's but he's it. got some, he's got some stops. he's got a couple deep cuts that are good too. Dude, do you think like Eddie Money he doesn't strike me as a guy that has like diehard fans? Like I I, I feel like they're all just like fringe. Like who like loves Eddie Money? Well, like, yeah, really? dude, I mean, who love Eddie Money are the underage kids that go to DTE for the first concert of summer when he well, was Yeah, there. I know. That's like the biggest demographic there, but he's dead. All right. Well, rest, rest in peace, peace Eddie Money. Rest in peace Eddie Money. Okay, second question. What is your favorite Twitter account that you follow? What? John Boys. Like your favorite Twitter account that you follow. You just you like Oh, True Withers. Put out great content. Mine's World of Isaac. World of Isaac's fantastic. See, I, he just signed with that Woodward. I saw that, which will be good for them, but Yeah, World of Isaac's fantastic. Comes the buy, all- here comes the buy monthly comment from Collins. We should get World of Isaac on the show. I love World of Isaac. You know I love World of Isaac, <laughs> but uh, True Withers it's fantastic just for the fact that like i don't know like he if you ever played 2k he like tweeted out today it's like i can't believe we traded hendrix tob for willie Cauley stein i don't know it's just it's a very niche thing for me true weathers i love true weathers john john boys is my favorite account on twitter i you'd have to like look at his twitter to understand it but it's just like the funniest like it's just so humorous to me and it's so it's so innocent too he'll like He'll like post just random tweets. I have to let me go read some of his tweets real quick. I mean, let me, let me pull them up. 
Um, I also love, I mean, I just like, I love Big Cat. And I think Big Cat has some like funny tweets and he's so good at like leaning, he's so good at like leaning into jokes on Twitter. And like every, he does the donut tweet every Sunday, which is great. Here's John Boys. Let me go look. This is his, this What's is his bio. I, I, Rabs, I would have loved it if you just said something like, wait, you know what? This is super political or something. <laughs> like actually, Floyd Rivers. That's my favorite. Yeah, no. So I think I believe that John Boys the AOC. Like, that's my favorite account. <laughs> I I believe John John Boys works for like Sports Illustrator, or like SB Nation. This is his Twitter bio. Well, it's John Wagner High, class of two thousand one. Like that's hysterical to me. His pin tweet: If you enjoy this tweet, you might enjoy some of my other tweets. Like that's hilarious. And then he's got the, the is tweet it that hilarious? he just. It is, dude. It's it's like dry. It's so funny. Like for like he, during the during whatever the soccer thing is going on that I don't really give a shit about. He just posted like four of these. Like see these I, bad radio, but he just posts these like stock pictures, like these clip art pictures of people playing soccer. It's just so funny. Is that Ricky Willie? What's his name? What's that guy's name from Backyard Sports? It does look like Backyard, but it's not him. Ricky, what's his last name? Wheeler. It looks Ricky. more like Ackman Khan than Ricky Steele. Oh. Ricky Steele, that's the guy. But just he's got Ernie some of the funniest Steele. tweets that's ever. Steele. I will be eating some food today. Ha ha. Like that's like that's just funny to me. John Boys. John Boys, four days ago, went to the store. That's all I tweeted. I think it's Good. fucking hilarious. Okay. Mine's World of Isaac. Glad we all had three different answers. Good content. Uh final question. This is a hypothetical. Let me paint the picture for you as Rabs like today. You're playing golf with Phil Mickelson, against Phil Mickelson, at a course of your choosing. You can choose where you play. How many strokes do you need to beat him in nine holes? Like Infinity. By the way. No, like, give me a real number here. Give me, like, a real number. Like, how many strokes would you need to beat him? Are we playing from the same tees, Trent, or am I playing from a tee that I would usually play from? So you're playing from your tee. He has to play from the pro tee. Okay, I need – I think 18. I probably need, need two strokes 13 strokes. 13. Yeah, okay. All right. To right beat out. him? Oh, no. I need more than that. I need, like, 20 to beat him. Because, it, it, like, this guy going out to a regular Muni, I'm firing, like, a 41. And this guy's – at a regular Muni, Phil's, like, shooting, like, a 29. Yeah. So, like, I, I need a ton of strokes. Like, honestly, against Phil Mickelson. Also, I'm happy you brought this up because the Rocket Mortison, there was that whole thing about Phil – and yeah. whatever the article, I didn't understand why Phil cared so much. Am I crazy? Like, I, like everyone knows Phil's. Yeah, a, he was a he was a baby about that. He yeah, really like I it. love like, Phil. You're, you're a like, celebrity. You're a pro athlete. Like people say shit all the time. Like I don't like know, Mike like, Sullivan. Like stop acting like this guy's like a ten year old. Like it's Phil. We all know he's a degenerate gambler. Who cares? <laughs> like nobody cares that he had some crook bookie. That he got scammed out of six hundred dollars. That doesn't like change anyone's opinion about it. It was bizarre that he cared about that. But you, I, I, I'm wondering what Rab's number is for nine. I mean, if yours is twenty, mine's like at least thirty. I wasn't even thinking. I, I don't even care to do the math in my head. But well, think but about like that. If I'm you talking... think about it though, like what do you think he would actually shoot? I'm trying to like think of a course at at like Forest Acres East. Say we both go play Forest Acres East. Phil's fire. He's eagling each part, not eagling, but he's birding each par five at least. He's birding the f- number one. Know what I mean? Like he's. Yeah, he's, I mean, I'm probably shooting. I'm probably shooting forty five. 
and he's, he's like max under. and he's probably he could be yeah it could be like 30 29 28 to 30 well, here's how you do the math. Here's how you do the math. I was talking to Brock about this. Say you, you he's going to beat you. I don't want to do the math. He, he's going to beat you on every hole. So that's at least nine strokes. And then he's probably going to beat you by two I don't strokes. know about that, dude. What? A, I don't know if he beats you on every hole. Like par three, you knock one close, tap in for birdie. I'm not counting myself out like that. He beats you on every hole. I don't know. I don't know. Are we playing like match play? Or are we playing like you're in a brief, like I'm getting strokes on every hole? Or are we doing stroke? Because – there's gonna be par fives where he's like, I gotta, I gotta flip wedge in here on Forest Acres East because he's like taped it over the tree, three twenty. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I wasn't thinking about it that deep. I was just thinking like, how many strokes would you, you gotta think about that? this, Trent? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that, that <laughs> that's all. That's all I got. Just a fun little hypothetical. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Collins, back back to that whole rocket mortgage thing. I totally agree with you. Like the whole. It was like the it was kind of like the saddest thing ever to see like between Phil throwing an absolute fit and then like seeing Sully who I actually like Sully, but it was just like the biggest like just like pandering and just so yeah, like it was so annoying. It was so cringy. Like sign this for Phil. Like you're like come back. It's like like who like who cares? I mean, it, it felt like Phil being in the Rocket Mortgage. Yes, like that's it's Let's appealing. Do it. It's a draw. Yes. yes, I get it. But like for, for Phil to throw that big of a fit and then like his whole his whole soapbox that he went on about like I'm here to promote diversity and inclusion. It's like, dude, get over yourself, Phil. I love Phil, but it was just so unnecessary for a tournament in in Detroit where you're literally playing in people's backyards. Like it was just it was just too much. And by the way, the match. I like, did you watch? I, I can't watch those like start to finish. I'll like tune in. I for love a couple the, ma- holes. I, the matches. The only time they did it right is when they had Steph, Barkley, and then they had I think who was it? Phil and was Tiger in that one? I don't know. It's just so lame, dude. It's so lame. It's like Brady, Steph, Tom Brady like actually Brady. sucks. Tom Brady's not good, and like the the dialogue is just not entertaining at all. Bryson, bro, good shot, well, bro, gotta, bro, like, bro, I, bro, bro. Not entertaining. The only at all. way it works is. Is you gotta get it? It worked when it was like Phil and Tiger because it's like, oh, it's Phil and Tiger. This is interesting. Yes. You know what I mean? Just that, like them chatting it up. But like, if Tiger's not going to be in it, like you gotta go Phil, and then you gotta find a guy like Kepka or like a Kisner or a guy who will actually, or like a Matt Homa who will actually be like, hey, Phil, that's not good from three feet. Like, hey, hey, Phil, nice. Like, it's like you want to shut the face on that drive, man. That's fifty yards long. Like someone who will actually get in Phil's ear, not Bryson being like, "Hey, you like this zinger I'm about to drop," and trying to be like trying so hard to be funny. And then you got guys like I think Brady's fine, but like Aaron Rodgers, I, he just he like took that for a paycheck. Such a like dial he just I, I I don't know how much they make for that, but like Rodgers is a good golfer, and he's like, I guess I'll do this. Like, he, and I think Rodgers like I don't like Rodgers, but I think he's pretty funny to be honest. Like I really do, but like. The fact of the matter is, like, it's – I don't – it's not that hard. Just get guys – and if you're going to do celebrities, just do guys like Barkley, who's just like, I don't care if you're good, but they're going to be funny. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady is not really the most entertaining product at this point, especially since we've already seen Tom Brady do it. Yeah, I don't disagree. Trent, you said you had a Red Wings question for me earlier. 
Oh no, we can we can discuss that next week. It just has to do with the future of the team and 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 the future. The, the direction. Okay. But that is all. Future. Yeah, what people they, forget what that Steve Eiserman essentially. Huh? I think I've myself into it. No, there's no reason to. Um, people forget that Steve Eiserman essentially built these two back-to-back Tampa Bay Lightning teams. So if the, if it's if you're not sold, yeah, the Eiser plan. People really do. I, I, the, the Twitter last night acted like the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> They're like, hey, guys, thanks, Steve. I'm like, I got it, guys. I got yeah, it. Yeah, the Wings like, are next. I know. Yeah. That's all I got, folks. And without further ado, that will conclude this week's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Now, listen, I I do this read every single week, and we get nothing. So I should at at the beginning of the episode. It takes you two seconds. Go to Facebook. Give us a like. Throw a comment on there. You guys got something you want us to talk about? Let us know. Motown underscore run out on Twitter. All you kids, all you guys do is, is sit on your phone all day. Go to Twitter. Throw us a follow. If you want to chat about something, tweet us. We interact. We interact on Twitter. Get after us. That's my speech. Don't miss a single episode. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. That too. Like, it takes you two seconds. Go to Apple Podcasts. Just hit download. Download the episode so you can listen to it in the car when your data runs out because your brother uses all the data with the family plan. Download the episodes. Subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do. Spotify. It helps us out. Helps us out. And the days where we roll out of bed and we're, you know, kind of a little glum. Those are the things that pick us up. It's people helping people. I would do it for you. If you had a podcast, I would like your podcast. I would. So if you're still listening here at the end, please. Come on. Be, be better. better. Well, that was awesome. Jinx. We'll see you next week. See you next week.